0: saying we have. you. John is saying here about this Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's what Jonathan Edwards is.
1: the tag preaching, lots of people up and down. Personally, I'm still rocking about the fact that some people set their own farts on fire, but there you go. There's, there's so much this morning that we want to unpack for you, so I want to try and bring us into land by just applying some of what Matt and Matt, and it's even easier for me because I don't have to remember too many names, Matt and Matt have already spoken to us about this morning, because we're not the first Christians, we're not the first generation to be challenged in the way that we share our faith to others. We're not the first Christians to experience a culture that thinks it's too enlightened for Christianity, that it doesn't need Jesus, that it's got its own personal truth. That's why John wrote this letter. He was encouraging the church. Hey, guys, we need to stand firm in our faith. We need to stand firm to what's really true. What these other guys are saying, that's not true, and this is true. And we can let John's words encourage us this morning as well, because we're in a very similar culture to the culture that John was talking to there as well. And it's not easy, is it? It can be tough talking to people at work or outside the school gate or wherever you are about Jesus when when they just don't think that Jesus has any relevance to them. It's tough speaking to a culture that thinks it's beyond Jesus. You see, as, as the guys have already unpacked, we live very much in a culture where personal or individual truth has replaced universal truth. The universal truth that Jesus is Lord has been replaced with whatever we think is good for us to believe. Which means when we go and talk about Jesus, it can be offensive, can't it? To say, actually, what you're saying isn't true. What I'm saying is true. That's quite an offensive thing to say, isn't it? But we can take comfort because we're not the first generation to experience this. We're not the first culture to come up against challenges when sharing our faith. It's exactly who John was writing to. It's the same then as it is now. And our hope can be found in the fact that that church continued to faithfully preach the gospel. And do you know how I can say that with assurance? Because those of us who are Christians here this morning are sat here. Because at some point, somebody preached the gospel to us, which means that from those beginnings, as we read in in the New Testament, the gospel has spread around the world so that we can stand here this morning and know Jesus is Lord as well. You see, uh, no matter who you are this morning, the call is to respond to Jesus. And Jesus should always provoke a reaction. Actually, if Jesus is who he says he is, and you're a Christian here this morning, then it should cause you to want to praise. Because how amazing is Jesus? How amazing is this guy? Death on a cross to save you from your sins so that you can have a relationship with him forever. Wow. That should cause a reaction in you. And hey, if you're if you're not a believer here this morning, if this isn't what you believe, then I also believe it should provoke a reaction as well. Because I think that what we're saying, that this is true, could be quite offensive. So (laughs) I hope you'll stick with us. But but you know, your worldview is being challenged and and I think it should provoke a reaction. You see, we've got the real truth, and as the passage says that which was from the beginning that, that which is centuries old Which millions across the world have responded to Which they testify to every day Jesus has stood the test of time 2,000 years later, the three of us have still stood here that path that you're walking down is the right one. You have to believe that. Is that truth making you happy? See, what the three of us have been preaching about is the fact that Jesus came on earth. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross to take the sins of the entire world, to take your sins and to take my sins, to pay a debt that we could not possibly pay so that our lives could be irrevocably changed. entire futures are changed in that moment, that we believe that truth. That's our truth. That's the truth that should be doing us good as Christians. So is your truth making you happy? Are you happy in that this morning? See, because post-truth can be quite empty. That idea that if you believe what you believe and I believe what I believe, and that's fine. It's great that we all believe what we want as long as we're happy. Well, at some point, somebody's got to be wrong. Otherwise, how is truth true? Uh, presenting a cheese connoisseur with floppy burger cheese when we're all at a barbecue later on we can have that floppy burger cheese and we'll all call it cheese but is it really cheese see that cheese connoisseur will look at a, a slice of blue vinnie cheese instead and say this is cheese this is the real thing that floppy burger cheese is fake and that fake cheese isn't as fulfilling as a big wedge of the real thing is it and that's what we're trying to say to you this morning that this truth is fulfilling it's the real deal John was quick to tell us that as well, and he tells us in the passage, he says that our joy will be complete in Jesus. That doesn't mean that if you respond to God this morning, all of a sudden all your troubles will go away and everything will be brilliant, because there's plenty of people here this morning that can testify to the fact that that isn't quite the case. But what it does say is that Jesus is the root of joy, that you've got a joyful eternity to look forward to if you accept him as your Lord and Savior. It also doesn't say that sin will completely cease, that we'll stop doing things wrong the second that we turn to Jesus. 9, and we're just going to repeat it. It's on the screen for you as well. But in verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So whether you're here hearing this message for the first time, and this is new news to you, or whether you've heard it thousands of times before, there is a clear promise for you that he will forgive you no matter what you've done, no matter where you are this morning. He is faithful and just, and he will forgive you strong words in this passage. He calls people liars, those that have turned away from Christianity and towards their their own personal truths. They've swapped truth for lie, news for fake news, whatever you want to say. But the real truth here in this passage this morning reminds us that Jesus is faithful and just, that he will forgive you your sins, that he will cleanse you. Isn't that amazing news? If you ask this morning, you you will be made whole and you will be forgiven. And it's an amazing promise and it should do us good because he is faithful repent, Jesus cleanses, forgives, restores, heals, and leads you into joy. Now, I've used that word repent a lot already, and I want to just explain it. If you're not used to it, I'm aware that for us Christians, it's quite a well-used term, but if you don't know what it is, repenting basically means a change of direction or completely turning round. Okay, so if you're walking down a path that is not good for you, a path Jesus instead. So when I use that word repentance, what I'm basically saying is, hey, the path you're walking down is not good, but I can tell you a path that is, and it points towards Jesus every time. That's what repentance is. And repentance isn't the end either. It's the start or continuation of an amazing relationship that will last forever as you continue to be made holy in this life and then live with him in joy forever in heaven. That's what John means when he tells us that our joy will be made complete. We can have fellowship with him now, Ashton told us, John testified when he was writing to this church. He saw it with his own eyes. He was able to say, we have seen it. We touched Jesus. We knew him. We ate with him, whatever it was. Hey, well, we, those of us that have stood here and preached this morning, we want to collectively testify to his goodness as well. Remember the point that Matt made where he said, actually, there's a plurality about it. An Abba, when they ate them, they could testify. This is an apple. I've just tasted it. I know it's an apple. I felt it. I can touch it in my hand. They can testify to that, and we're testifying to, uh, to Jesus being the real truth this morning as well. We've got a Savior who heals, who provides, restores, comforts, seeks after us. The passage also says He's an advocate for us. That means that He's He's uh, the the gap between us and the Father. He's the one that's there, pushing us towards towards the Father. Do you know this truth? Because we Seen Jesus with our physical eyes, but with our spirit through answered prayer, we know Jesus is real. Do you need to respond to Him this morning because He wants to come and meet with you? Is your life this morning filled with that truth of Jesus, or have you turned away? Has something else taken Jesus' place in your heart? Because you need to respond this morning as well. Have you ever responded to Jesus? Are you hearing this news for the first time, thinking, "Hey, this might be true. Actually, what these guys are saying this morning, Jesus is calling you." The Bible also says He is the way. And the truth and the life and whoever believes in him will have eternal life. He is faithful and he forgives. But all you've got to do is ask him to respond to that real truth this morning. Jesus is calling you. As sure as I'm stood here. As sure as the kids are around this morning. As sure as those apples were real. Jesus is calling you this morning. Now we're going to respond by by taking communion together. And as we take communion together, there's a couple of ways that I want to suggest that we respond Cause taking communion now is a chance to reflect. It's a, it's a chance to reflect on who Jesus is and what he's done for you personally. So if you're a Christian here this morning and you're coming to take communion, then you need to reflect again on the fact that Jesus died, his body was broken, and his blood was shed, so that you could have a relationship with God forever, so that you could be forgiven, As real for you this morning as you, as you think it might be, then it's a chance for you to repent as well. To say, God, something else has taken your place, and I want to put you on the throne of my heart. And that's it. That's that's for us Christians. That's for us to say, Hey, you are the way, truth, and life. I believe it now as much as I did that first time I believed. Especially this morning, as the guys were preparing, we felt that there were two groups of people. One who, who had been sold a lie that Jesus what you've done was was so bad that actually Jesus couldn't forgive that. Hey, well, we're here to tell you there's a real truth that Jesus can, that no matter what you've done, you're not too far from turning in that path and turning towards Jesus. And also for those who think that they want to do things on their own, you might believe in God, you might be a Christian, but you think, hey, church or fellowship or community, it's not really... We want you to plug into this church to believe alongside us. So come and repent and come to God for that as well. If you're not a Christian here this morning, then this communion that we're about to take is a meal for believers. But guess what? We want you to join in us with it as well if you want to come and believe in Jesus. Come and believe in this real truth. He is calling you this morning. He wants to forgive you, but all you've got to do is ask. So as we come and take communion, if you think you might want to respond to this for the first time, then come and see one of the guys on the front row here, Tash. as well i'm going to hand back over to ian He's
2: Son. scars are real, that Jesus came for us, he rescued us, and now we can know him forever. Lord, we are saying together that, Jesus, you're alive, that, Jesus, you're the one who changes hearts and makes people uh, alive again and fulfills people and gives people eternal life.